CBDC is the only bank dedicated exclusively to entrepreneurs. That's why we're proud to support women entrepreneurs with the Thrive Podcast, providing startup women with the support and resources they need to start and grow their business. An award-winning entrepreneur, one of Canada's most powerful women, and Startup Canada's ambassador for women entrepreneurs. This is your host, Janice McDonald, for the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. You're listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, a show inspiring, connecting, and educating women entrepreneurs across Canada. On this show, we connect you with leading innovators, change makers, and organizations helping women to own it in entrepreneurship. The Thrive Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community and voice for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. This podcast is presented in partnership with Business Development Bank of Canada, the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs. Make your way over to startupcan.ca forward slash podcasts to subscribe to the Thrive community and subscribe to listen to this podcast on iTunes and Google Play Music. I'm your host, Janice McDonald, president of the Beacon Agency and Startup Canada's ambassador for women entrepreneurs. We're thrilled to have on the show today, Emily Rose Antflick, founder and chief community cultivator at Chico System, a co-working and wellness space rooted in feminine and feminist values. Emily is on a mission to live an integrated life where her entrepreneurial work is a soul journey. Emily is also the Toronto community leader of G-Day for Girls, a rite of passage that supports and celebrates adolescent girls and their adult champions. With an MA in education, Emily has spent a decade facilitating educational experiences for youth from the classroom to the White House and the jungles of Indonesia before turning to entrepreneurship as a tool for creating better outcomes for women and the world. Emily was a recipient of the Startup Canada Women Founders Fund in 2016 and has been profiled as a feminist to watch. And I'm delighted to have this opportunity to speak to you this morning, Emily. It's great to be here. So why don't we start with what the key message you hope our listeners take away from our conversation today? I guess the the key message is, you know, as, as my bio says, I really see entrepreneurship as a soul journey. I think that, you know, it is an opportunity for us to be our most creative for us to face our challenges, to face the internal barriers that are holding us back, um, you know, to, to discard a lot of the, the shoulds that society throws at us and really to develop into, you know, a, a place of, of fulfillment, a questioning life um, and, and to serve our communities along the way. And when you say soul, you mean S O U L, not S O L E. Absolutely not, so. not S O L E. That's my second most important message: is that even if you are doing it as a soul founder, S O L E, you know, you're you're never alone, and and don't try to do it alone. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, soul as in you know, as in what we're what we're here on the world to do. I love it. I love it. Well, tell us about Chico System and how you got started. It's a bold vision. It's um, clearly doing important, important work. So give us the story. 
So the story basically starts with burnout, like a lot of entrepreneurial stories. It starts with, you know, having a previous career that just wasn't a great fit. Um, so for me, it was education. And I did. I love teaching. I loved connecting with youth. But um, the, the biggest thing that I found to be draining was that I was not really able to show up authentically in my work life. So, you know, for most of my waking hours, I was playing a role. I was I was showing up and being this, you know, infallible person who had to have all the right answers for everything and really couldn't couldn't have a bad day, you know, when you're up there in front of 30 kids, um, you're sort of always on. And I was having a hard time in my personal life and, you know, felt that there was really no place for that in my work. And so there was this, this sense of just being fragmented and, and having to compartmentalize my life and leaving a lot of myself and my experience and my, my personality, um, at the door when I walked into my job. So after, you know, after doing this and sort of reaching a, a, a real low, low, um, mm-hmm. I, I quit teaching and started just dreaming of, you know, what would a workplace be like where I really could show up as myself and who would, I, who would want to be there? What would it look like? What would it feel like? What would the culture be like? Because it wasn't just with my students. It was even, you know, the culture of the staff room. I just never felt like I could fully bring, bring my whole self into my work. Um, so I started just kind of questioning that. And, and, uh, at the time I was also working with a not-for-profit called G day for girls, which is Mm -hmm. a rite of passage for adolescent girls. And so I had a, a group of, uh, presenters, volunteers, facilitators who were involved in producing and, and, and being a part of this event. And a lot of them were, you know, heart centered women entrepreneurs who, you know, we're, we're doing their own thing. We're, we're expressing whatever their truth was in the world through, you know, using their business as a tool for getting their message across and and leading a very full life. And I sort of looked at these women and was like, yeah, these, these are my people. This is who I want to be around. Mm -hmm. And, um, gave myself some time to just sort of percolate on what did I want to do with them? Was it running retreats? Was it events? You know, I knew that this was who inspired me and who I wanted to be around. And I wasn't sure what, you know, what the project that I was going to do with them would be like. Um, so I gave myself the summer not to think about it, not to think (laughs) about it from my head, but to, you know, to sort of dance about it and journal about it and draw about it and and And, not try to force it. Just to jump in, that permission piece is so mm-hmm. important, right? To actually kind of give yourself space to think. Absolutely. We, we talk a lot about permission here, which, you know, in, in, in the world of entrepreneurship, when you don't have a boss or anyone, you know, any prescribed way of doing things, you're giving yourself permission on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's permission to say no or permission to take bigger risks. Um, you know, the, the permission piece is huge in this mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, yeah, I was giving myself permission not to just start filling out resumes and trying to fit myself into another box, but to just, you know, give myself a bit of space and see what sort of shape my life could take if I, if I wasn't just trying to fit myself in somewhere else. Well, it um, sounds like you really created the box. Yeah, right? well, exactly. you created your own box as opposed yeah. to fitting into somebody else's. Yeah, I I think that that was that was what was really important for me was that that creative aspect and and that's something that you know that so many women have this this you know really untapped source of creative potential um, and you know 
in, in the traditional workforce, we're not given a ton of opportunity. If you're not sort of a capital C creative, you know, you're not given a lot of opportunity to, to create. And I think that thinking of creativity in a more broader sense, you know, thinking of it as just the ability to make decisions based on your values, based on your intuition, you know, to, to create a life, um, you know, through business, um, I think is, is a really nice way of looking at that, what entrepreneurship represents for people beyond just, you know, venture creation and making money. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you more know, holistic. it's, it's exercising your creativity. Mm-hmm. So that's so, how you got started. So but- I got started. Yeah. Because I, I was just sort of hanging out with these women and trying to figure out what I could do and started going to a lot of entrepreneurial events and just sort of embedding myself in that community. And, uh, and it was actually at a conference of, of women entrepreneurs that was run by women in biz network, which is a primarily online network, Mm -hmm. but they do occasionally they, you know, they had an annual live day Mm -hmm. and I was sitting there in this room full of all these women who I kept hearing over and over the same sort of stories that they were feeling isolated. They were working at home. Um, you know, they were suffering all sorts of uh, the emotional consequences of being a solo entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all of, all of the stories that we tell ourselves and that society tells us and, um, that, you know, seeing them together in one room, they were so inspired. And I was just thinking, well, then they're all going to go home and go back to their home (laughs) offices or go back to their cafes and you're right back (laughs) in the same place. So I just thought, you know, is there a way that we can flip this, that instead of these being annual or quarterly events that we look forward to and, you know, reconnect with our sense of purpose and with this sense of, you know, seeing your journey mirrored by the people around you and then, and then going back, you know, 364 days of the year being on your own. (laughs) But if there was a place that you could tap into, at any time, you know, especially on those days when you need it, when you got to get out of your head and get out of your pajamas and, yeah. and be around a supportive network instead of having to wait for a networking event, you know, just somewhere yes. that you could that you could show up every day and tap into that. Yeah. And just just be in that community of like minded people, but also different people, too. It doesn't have to be so maybe values driven, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah, definitely values driven. Um, yeah. And, and I think the being around different people is important because, I mean, the, the name Shiko system for me came from thinking about you know, what an ecosystem is not, not necessarily from the startup paradigm, but I just kept hearing that, that buzzword, you know, about Mm -hmm. the startup ecosystem. And I was thinking, what is it that really makes an ecosystem run? What makes it, you know, resilient and abundant and its diversity is a really key piece of that. It's a great name. It's a great name. I love it. Right. It speaks so clearly to what uh, is happening in this space you've created. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and it really is starting to evolve into, into an ecosystem. The, you know, the more, the more those seeds that I planted, you know, a year and a half ago start growing, um, the more those interconnected, you know, the, the symbiotic relationships within the ecosystem grow, the more diverse it becomes. And, uh, and you can see that it's having an effect on the people who are, who are involved. So how do you support the women to thrive through your space? Why don't you, because I know people are listening, thinking, I love this. I want to, I want to <laughs> get in and get involved. So, so kind of walk us through the, the sort of high level, but also a little bit of the practical too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a co-working space. So for the listeners who aren't familiar with co-working, it's, it's a shared workspace for entrepreneurs, freelancers, mobile workers, you know, really anyone who has the chance, the opportunity to work from where they want to work from. Um, so, you know, we, we share space, we share professional resources. 
Um, but most importantly, we share a culture. So mm -hmm. as, as you mentioned before, it, it is very much values driven. So, um, the core values of, of the co-working movement, um, which I ascribe to are sustainability, community, collaboration, openness, and accessibility. Mm -hmm. So I've tried to create a space around those values, plus also the values of, of self-care um, and, and feminism. So creating better outcomes through our ventures for girls and women and in turn for, for the world. Um, so really it's, you know, we don't actually do a lot of programming. There's not a lot of sort of, you know, content delivery going on, mm -hmm. um, but it really is, it's having a culture where you come into work and see people who are going through the same journey as you, who look like you, who, um, you know, who have had the same challenges. And so it's a much more organic, um, you know, way of support, supporting people. Um, so there's a lot of peer mentorship that arises, you know, it's, it's knowing that the person next to you could be a sounding board and advisor might have a referral for you might actually be the person that you want to hire for, mm -hmm. for whatever you're working on. Um, so, I mean, we, we cultivate that community. First of all, I'd say the most important thing that we actually do in terms of what the day looks like, um, is we do opening and closing circles every day. Oh, wow. So every Tell morning, us more. And this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is something that's pretty different from most co-working this spaces. This is as I very mentioned. different. You know, yeah. one of the reasons that I really wanted to do this was that that showing up authentically piece that, you know, the idea of being able to really bring my whole self to work. Mm -hmm. And so we do these opening circles that, you know, I, I kind of, when I envisioned what I wanted a day at Chico system to feel like, as I mentioned, I was saying like, I, I, I thought maybe I'd be wanting to do retreats, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I took that concept and thought, what would, what would a work day that felt like a retreat look like? You know, and one of the interesting things about, about women's retreats is that there's always, there's an opening and a closing, right? There's mm -hmm. this sense of, of transitioning from, you know, from the mundane into a more intentional or more sacred sort of space. And mm -hmm. that's something we don't do in our work day, right? You, you come in, open up the laptop straight into it. You know, maybe you sit there and write a to-do list or look at your calendar for the day. But more often than not, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are just like, all right, and I'm already in the middle of my to-do list and this already <laughs> needs to be done yesterday. Like, yeah. let's just dive in. <laughs> Hit the ground um, running. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, similarly at the end of the day, shove the laptop closed. <laughs> I got nothing done today. I'm out of here. <laughs> Run out the door to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really wanted to build in intention into the workday. I think it's important, you know, first of all, as we, as we, I, I think it's important to notice ourselves, to notice where we're at, how we're feeling, what we're, you know, what we're arriving with on any given day. Um, because that helps us to reflect on it. It helps us mm -hmm. to measure our growth. It's, I think there's this real trap when you're an entrepreneur of feeling like, you know, there's always something else to do and you, you're never actually succeeding or, or accomplishing things or, or getting things done. So I think celebrating and noticing small milestones is important. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just noticing, you know, how, how you're doing from day to day, checking in with yourself and setting an intention for the workday that makes it, you know, a little bit bigger, a little bit more significant and more meaningful than just what do I have to check off my list? Mm -hmm. So we do these opening circles where we, we get together first, we, we sit in a circle. So we've got a studio here at Chico system that's used for yoga and movement, um, for meditation. It's used for a lot of workshops and programming. So we all go into the studio. It's, it's optional. It's free. You know, whoever's here and wants to take part can take part. And we start with a, a sort of centering exercise. So usually with a bit of breath, mm -hmm. um, and tapping into your body and just being present to the moment. 
Um, so, you know, this is another part for me of, of working more from a feminine place is honoring mm-hmm. not just, you know, not just working from our heads, but bringing our bodies into it. We mm-hmm. spend so much time just stuck in our heads and there's so much wisdom that you can gain from listening to your body. Um, so first we start by just breathing and getting into our bodies. And then we usually pass around some sort of a card deck, like Oracle cards or tarot cards or something mm. that, you know, might give you a, a cue, something to respond to. Um, and, and people will read their card and, and talk about, you know, whatever it is that they're showing up with, whether it's about something that you want to get done today, um, something that happened that's going on at home that's informing how you're working today. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it can be anything. And so these circles are partly about community building because we also say our names and what we do, you know, so it's community building without it feeling like networking, without having to sort of have the onus on each person to go up to whoever's in the space and say, hi, I'm Emily and I'm a designer, you know, Um, but, you know, so we get to know each other. We have that base level of familiarity with each other as, as, you know, professionals, but also as just whole people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's networking, community building, it's accountability because it's an opportunity for people who otherwise are just working alone to speak aloud what they want to do and have that witnessed by a community and know that, all right, later on today at 4.30, we're going to check back in on that. And that's your opportunity to say, like, did I or did I not get this this piece that I named done? Um, and uh, and it's intention. It's about sort of deepening you know, what, what work means. So it's not just this like mindless autopilot, but, but really bringing some, some, some intention into your work. It's amazing. So we do that every day. And I think that that's really helped us to, to build a strong culture of support because people know each other, you know, they know what, what each other is going through, um, on a, on a human level and on a business level. And so the connections that have been made just by doing those opening and closing circles where people, you know, have after the circle will go up to each other and say, you know, I heard you were looking for, um, you know, a UX designer, you're building a new website, you know, I can help or I know someone who can or, you know, it sounds like you could help, you could use some business strategy, you know, let me refer you to my coach, whatever it is like. So the, the business connections do end up sort of growing organically. The support comes from just being able to speak about where we're at and and what we need and, and, you know, ask for help from each other. So this intentional approach to self-care is at the core of what you do with Chico system. What are you seeing in terms of women entrepreneurs? They face self-care concerns. What are some of those top issues that they're, I mean, we know how you're addressing them, but what are you seeing um, women entrepreneurs face in terms of self-care? I'd say, you know, I think there's, we, you know, we talk about this, this idea of work-life balance a lot. Um, I, I try to talk about integration rather than balance. So I think one of the things is that, you know, we we're trying to run so many different parts of our lives and serve so many different people, um, as women entrepreneurs and, and the self, um, you know, often comes last. So there's, you know, first it's just the overall perception that, self-care, you know, or that, yeah, that self-care is at odds with, with your business, right? That anytime you're taking away from your business, quote unquote, to spend on yourself, you know, is a loss. Um, so I think that there's, first of all, it's just that mindset of like, you know, when we talk about sustaining our businesses, 
we need to look at ourselves as part of that, especially when you're a solo entrepreneur, especially when a lot of what you do is about how you show up for your clients. So most of the people who are in my space, it is pretty diverse in terms of the work they do, but a lot of them are service providers. A lot of them are, you know, business coaches, life coaches, counselors, healers, um, you know, people who really are working with their clients. They're not, you know, they're not necessarily developing apps or, you know, so there's a much closer relationship between the entrepreneur themselves and the people or the communities that they're serving. And so there really is this need to, you know, to take care of yourself so that you can bring your best self to, to the people that you're serving. Um, and if we have this perception that, you know, that taking care of ourselves is, you know, is, is jeopardizing or, or taking time away from, from the work. Um, I think that's just sort of a wrongheaded notion, but something that's, that's really, it's really pervasive, right? There really is it this feeling. absolutely like, is. Yeah. You know, and and it's always that trade-off. Yourself yeah. from corporate and now you don't have to work nine to five. You must have such a wonderful life. You know, you're probably <laughs> going to yoga classes at two every day and, you know, taking all these breaks. And it's like, actually I'm working way longer hours than I was when I was, you know, working the nine to five. And I'm, mm -hmm. you know, because there's that feeling of guilt or shame of like, well, I guess I could just be doing a little bit more because, you know, we can, we can be really tough bosses. So I think that's the first thing is just, you know, really trying to reinforce this notion that, that self-care is about sustaining your business, um, mm -hmm. taking care of yourself. And then I think the, you know, the other biggest thing when it comes to compromising our self-care is just how many shoulds there are out there for entrepreneurs. Um, like, you know, oh, I should be on all of the different social media platforms. I should be doing video content every day. Um, <laughs> I should be, as soon as I see any success, I should be seeking investors and scaling. I should be, um, going to networking events every evening. I should, right? I mean, right. it's endless. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I think that. And overwhelming. I, I, I'm yeah. sure your your members find Emily the 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 shoulds really can make for um, little room to actually live and chase you know your version of your own dream because well, you're being told exactly. what the dream should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's you know for me it was that's why it was so important to create a space where people saw you know themselves and their dreams mirrored in the people around them a little bit more because we don't see it a lot in you know, in the mainstream entrepreneurial paradigm, you know, the, the sort of the, the male version of it is, mm -hmm. you know, be a shark, be aggressive, competitive scale, you know, be, be a unicorn. Um, <laughs> and, and then the, the, the version that a lot of women are sold is this like glamorized girl boss version of entrepreneurship also, which is like, you know, your life should look like a perfect Instagram story all the time. And, you know, and you should be, it's this, the superwoman thing, you know, have a perfect life and perfect this yep. and look great and, you know, and, and slay and all day. And you film know, be, all of it, right? <laughs> yeah, film all of it, and, you know, Beyonce and like, yeah. you know, so, so you're right. It's really hard to, to filter out, you know, what your own version of success looks like, um, and, and when to know what's enough, um, you know, because we're told that, that having a lifestyle business, like that's a derogatory term, mm -hmm. lifestyle business. And mm -hmm. for a lot of people that, 
that is why they're entrepreneurs to support their lifestyle, to have, you know, something that they enjoy waking up and doing every day that supports them, supports their families, allows them to contribute to their world and their communities in a meaningful way. And so why, you know, this, the, the idea that the default objective of entrepreneurship is to, you know, scale and sell and exit. Um, and, right. Right. You know, Which is in contrast, right? It's, it's in contrast yeah. to, to what so many women are pursuing and want to achieve. I know talking to women across Canada, when they speak about their business, many talk about the importance of sustainability in their business, not only for its environmental, you know, and those kind of pieces, but I mean, literally a sustainable business, one that, so exit is is not part of um, their first comments about why they're in business. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's about, you know, growing a business. That's something that you want to show up for every day that helps, you know, yeah, that sustains your life and, uh, and that, that will, you know, continue to grow and evolve with you, but on your own terms. Um, It sounds like a really inspiring place. Can you tell us how women can become part of your Shiko system community and, uh, and just kind of tell us more about the specifics of it and where they can turn for more info and all of that. (laughs) Well, they can check out shikosystem.ca for Mm -hmm. more info. And we do, I do have, uh, you know, an Instagram and Facebook where we're at Shiko system everywhere. Um, And, you know, in order to get involved, there's, we have monthly memberships. So the way co-working works is it really is designed to be flexible, you know, to serve people at the level that they need it. So there's no huge commitment. It's about, you know, if you need to work here for a month and, you know, take off the next month, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have monthly memberships where people can can sign up and, you know, and come and use the space. Um, we also have drop-ins. So people you know, sometimes you might not necessarily want to commit even on that level, but just know that it's here once in a while for those days when, like I said, you're stuck in your home and it's the <laughs> third time you've scrubbed the bathtub and it's like, all right, I got to get out of here, you know, otherwise I'm going to be snacking and puttering around the house and, you know, doing nothing all day. So, you know, you I need don't a know, uh, Emily, just to jump in, cause it <laughs> makes me think of a, a funny uh, descriptor that I've heard from some uh, solopreneurs when they're facing it, they call it procrasticlean. Oh, <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> right. So yeah. working away at that when you know you should be working on something else. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So just, you know, if, if there's just like a day where you need to just be around other people who are doing work and who can inspire you and, and you know, be in that kind of a productive environment, um, you know, it does tend to be quite a, you know, there's definitely the social times and, you know, we have the circles every day. Um you know, people gather in the kitchen for coffee and tea, but there really is a lot of time during the day here where most of the people are just there, you know, their head down, getting their work done, focusing. And that's, it's an inspiring thing to be around, to walk in and see like, all right, you know, there's, there's other people getting work done here. I can, you know, I can get this done. And the fact that we also are not a 24 hour space, you know, we're open from nine to six and, I think that helps people also give themselves permission to have a start and an end of their day. I took a sick day last week, actually, quote unquote, sick day, Mm -hmm. worked from home. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I noticed that I I worked way longer hours than I did when I'm in here, because here I know I close at six. All right, whatever I want to get done, I'm going to get done by six o'clock today. And then I'm going to go and have a life. But mm-hmm. because I was sick and working from home, all of a sudden I look at my clock and it's like 9.30 and I'm still <laughs> at it and it's been dark for hours and I haven't eaten. And it was just like, 
right, this is why it's nice to have, you know, a place where I go to do work and a container for that work so that it doesn't just bleed into every other area of my life. Um, so yeah, so people can do drop-ins. We also do a, a lot of events. Um, they're mm-hmm. not your typical entrepreneurial events. Most of our events are, um, you know, we try to, part of, for me, uh, working from the feminine is about having more circles than experts at the front of the room. Okay. I think there are a lot of really amazing resources out there to, to train for business, yep. you know, whether that's going and taking a course at Mars or doing something online or, you know, tapping into an incubator, um, or, you know, there, there's so many learning resources, mm-hmm. um, here it's really more about just creating containers for people to share their stories and talk. Um, so, so we do do a lot of circles. We do one called potlucks and perspectives mm-hmm. every month, which is, it's kind of the opposite of a lunch and learn. So, you know, a lunch and learn, you're being fed food and you're being fed information by, mm-hmm. you know, an expert. Um, this is about sharing food and, and sharing our experiences. So we, we talk about, you know, some topic in business. Last month, it was about branding and having an online presence. Mm-hmm. We'll sort of highlight a couple members from our community who can start the conversation by sharing their stories. And then it's just, you know, we eat and we talk and ask each other questions. And so we do a lot of events that are like that. Um, we also do events, you know, about the intersections of of business and, and being a woman and feminism. Um, Mm -hmm. and then we do other events here that have nothing to do with entrepreneurship either, but you know, I really, it's a co-working space, but I call it a work life space. So it's about, you know, having a place where you, like I said earlier, can really bring your whole self to work. So another one of the monthly events that we do is, is a red tent circle, which is a new moon women's circle. Um, we, we actually have a physical red tent here, which is sort of a symbolic marker of sacred women's spaces. Mm -hmm. And we come together and, and, you know, just reflect on the new moon and, uh, and share whatever arises. So it's totally co-created. Um, you know, we have so much programming out there in our world that I think part of bringing a little bit more balance from the feminine back into our lives is about having spaces that are not heavily programmed or facilitated, but just a space to be a space to sort of trust the mystery and see what arises when you bring a group of people together. So a lot of what we do here is has that flavor rather than, you know, come and I'm going to, you're going to walk away with your top five tips for marketing. Um, Right. Yeah. This is very different. It's very different. And, uh, you know, and it's not, it's definitely not for everyone, but, um, but I think that there is definitely a need for it. I know that the people who walk through the door and, and get it, they really Mm -hmm. get it. And there's a lot of relief, you know, there's this real sort of palpable sense of like, okay, I'm home. You know, (laughs) these are, (laughs) these are my people. This is, you know, this is why I'm doing this. And it's that really great reminder of like, right, I got into entrepreneurship, you know, because I wanted to create, because I wanted to have more autonomy um, and, uh, and to see people around who, who, you know, are rejecting a lot of the shoulds and, and doing it their way and, and really supporting each other and being emotionally authentic and bringing their vulnerability into their work. Um, you know, there's, a, for a lot of people, the, f- the first time they come in, they get that. And there's, there's this sense of relief because it's just not, it's not out there very much in the world. No, um, not at all. This is, you know, one. you're not going to see people on Dragon's Den talking about, uh, feelings. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so feelings are at the heart of this community that you've created. It's a big part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about heart centered business and, and trusting your emotions, just validating our full emotional range as women, you know, and not, not thinking that, uh, you know, because I get sad or I get angry or I have fear, or I have self-doubt, then that means I'm not a good entrepreneur, right? An entrepreneur always has to be confident and motivated. And, um, you know, so we, there's not, there's not a very broad range of feelings that are acceptable in the dominant mm-hmm. entrepreneurial paradigm. So, so, true. so validating the full emotional range is a big part of it. You know, that sometimes you really, you got to cry, you got to let it out. You know, there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of lip service being paid to vulnerability these days in mm-hmm. in, in the business world, um, but it's not being modeled that often. And you know, for me as the leader, that was um, it's it's a bit of a challenging thing to do, also. But I think it's it's really important um, for me as the community leader to to show that vulnerability, like. You know, just as an example, to date, the most, the most liked Instagram posts, the most, you know, the, the, the thing with the highest online interaction that I've ever put out mm-hmm. was a picture of myself one day last year on a really bad day. Um, I took a selfie of myself crying at my desk, you know, at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and wrote about how hard it can be sometimes to, you know, to, to show up every day and to do this and how much fear and doubt there is. And it just, you know, I still get people now, this post must've been like a year ago and I still get people coming up to me saying how much they appreciated when I put that post up there and how much they needed to see that message out there that, you know, yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, and it's okay to feel those feelings and let them move through because Mm -hmm. when we suppress them, when we try to just like shove them down and say, no, I'm okay. I'm just going to keep going. They come out in lots of other ways. They come out in illness and burnout and, you know, being, um, being mean to people, (laughs) you know, not treating people well. So I think just having an openness around, around allowing for our full emotional range to be expressed in the working world. Um, you know, it's, it's, better out than in. I think (laughs) those feelings need somewhere to go and they need to just move through. So, well, if you need to cry at work, don't do it in the bathroom. It's okay to do it here because most likely someone's going to come up to you and, you know, hold space for you. Yeah. And entrepreneurship is hard. Yeah. Full stop. It's hard. And to me, it's really exciting to hear how you've blended women's leadership, wellness and work with entrepreneurship so that, as, as you've said, you've created this sacred community, which I think is so powerful. So when you think about um, those that are participating in your community or those that are listening now and say, I want to get more involved in this amazing Shiko system that you've created, what's your top piece of advice for women entrepreneurs when they are seeking uh, you know, to find a community that will support them and help them thrive? What, um, what, what can Emily yeah. say? Take <laughs> this, do this. <laughs> well, I mean, if they're in Toronto, just come here. We do, we do week trial passes. So anyone who wants to come and actually try working here, I always recommend that people experience it first. So drop in and come work here for a week and, you know, get to know us. Um, And if you're not, you know, I think that they're, so Shiko System actually started as a meetup. I used to rent a studio for two hours a week um, and do sort of a micro version of this. So there's, 
there are so many ways to build community, but I think that the in real life face-to-face aspect of it is so important. So there are, you know, the, the online communities, they can be great resources, but they can also be a lot of noise and, you know, having that, that atonal communication, you never really know, you know, what, what the emotional charge is behind the comments that people are writing. So I think mm-hmm. there's just, it's so important in our, you know, hyper-connected online world to take those connections offline and, and be face-to-face with people, let the conversations evolve more organically, you know, be physically present for each other. So, you know, that doesn't have to be a co-working space that could be, you know, getting some of your business buddies together and, and saying, let's meet at X cafe on Tuesday morning and, you know, let's co-work there. Um, or even doing it at your home. Um, you know, starting mastermind groups, like the number one piece of advice is just, you know, as we were talking about before, even if you are a sole S O L E entrepreneur, (laughs) you know, you're, you're not alone. It can be so isolating and it's so important to, I think, have real life connections and it doesn't have to be networking events. Mm-hmm. You know, I really, I think that that small, small, safe and, and, you know, and intimate to me always wins over being in a room with 200 people and getting a lot of business cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, even if it's just you and four friends saying, let's meet once a week and, and work together, um, yeah, just, you know, find your people and start getting together in person. That's fabulous. Maybe one final um, question I could ask you is around fear and courage. And, you know, if I look at your journey in creating this amazing environment, it did, it, it took courage, but also overcoming fear to do things differently and to leave what, um, you know, many people would say is, you know, looking at like that outside in saying, you have it all. Why, why are you doing this? So how can people um, look to Emily's amazing story and say, you know, you, you too can, if this is what you desire? Well, I mean, you spoke about fear and I think that, that, you know, if people are looking at me, I, I just want people to know that I'm still freaking petrified every day. (laughs) Um, you know, so that's normal, right? It's it's a story of working with those feelings, working with the fear. So I, you know, to bring us back to the beginning of conversation, I, I talked about entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. as a soul journey and part of the soul journey is Mm -hmm. visiting the underworld. Um, you know, Mm. so embracing Mm. that there, there is a lot of darkness along the way and that, you know, starting your own business and building something is going to bring up whatever you have repressed, whatever you're projecting onto other people. You know, there's this real psychological journey too of, of really confronting like what's keeping me small. And when I'm afraid, you know, where's that fear coming from? Is this a fear that's, that's unnecessarily keeping me safe? You know, is this my, my loyal soldier complex speaking up and saying like, Oh no, you know, this is the way we've, we had to survive when we were little. So you got to keep doing this or, you know, or is this a fear that's, um, uh, that I can break through and, and, and grow with. So, you know, the, the fear is not, um, that's not the end, right? The fear is just something to, to start dialoguing with and figure out, Mm. you know, what's, what's this telling me about, about myself, about my perceived limitations, um, about, 
you know, what feels safe and what feels risky and why. Um, so yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I really think that the biggest thing is like, like, like we were talking about earlier, it, it's hard, like full stop. It's hard. <laughs> and, uh, yes. and that doesn't mean don't do it. So, you know, keep growing, keep tapping into both your inner resources and your outer resources, you know, your community, um, therapy, coaching, movement, nature, you know, whatever it is that helps you to move those difficult feelings through, um, you know, they, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be the, the gatekeepers of our entrepreneurial journey. They're, they're just there to, you know, to work with and, and, um, and to help us grow. So I really do think that it, it is a great opportunity for, you know, business is a great opportunity for finding out what, you know, what our calling is in this world and, and how we can, um, how we can develop in a, in a soul centric way. Emily Rose Antflick, founder and chief community cultivator at Chico System. That's your formal title. Uh, I will say visionary and uh, inspirer uh, who has created this amazing co-working and wellness space rooted, as you heard, in feminine and feminist values. Thank you for taking time today to share this big, bold idea with us. And uh, one more time, if you could remind people how to uh, reach you and and learn more about uh, this amazing space you've created. Yeah, so once again, it is chicosystem.ca. Um, and you can follow us on social. And if you are in Toronto, we're at Bloor and Christie. Just drop in. We're across the street from the Christie station. So um, come say hello and, and have a cup of tea in the conversation. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on The Thrive Podcast, a show inspiring, connecting, and educating women entrepreneurs across Canada. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to find resources designed to support thriving women-owned businesses across Canada. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rivers Corbett. And to learn about the latest startup community news and events, like our popular startup chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Until next time, I'm Janice McDonald, leaving you now with a sneak peek of our next episode. This is Cindy Gordon, CEO of Sales Choice Inc. Uh, you're now listening to the Thrive Podcast with Janice McDonald. So what's the best piece of advice you have received uh, that and that you think has helped uh, you succeed and might be relevant to other women in this field? Well, I think the key thing is, um, you know, I've thrived in the technology industry and mm-hmm. I've thrived because I've always kept learning. Um, you know, technology is one industry that you just need a voracious appetite. So as one uh, season comes uh, and another goes, um, you know, in terms of, um, you know, call it uh, new hype cycles, uh, jump on board uh, and move uh, with the industry evolution. So I think that would be one is have a constant thirst uh, t- for learning and you can thrive uh, based on that learning uh, orientation. Uh, life 
to me is a series of projects. It's not a uh, you know a you know a, a vision that one uh, ends and stops. It's this continual ebb in this tapestry of life. I think the second point uh, you know for this message is really for both men and women that in the tech sector uh, it is important to have mentors and you know really declare clearly what your aspirations and goals are not just in business but in life uh, and to share those dreams and passions and not to hold back I mean so many people don't share what their inner thoughts are uh, with their teens etc and I come from the school that the more we know about one another we can stand for each other's success uh, so that they really all know that we will embrace them in those ebbs and flows in life. So I think, you know, recognizing alumni networks is so important uh, as people transition from one project to the next. And these interconnections really create, you know, springboards for new ideation and and never to let go of those links there. They can be very, very positive and uh, very fulfilling if they're nurtured. Mm-hmm.